2: You guys are now tuning into episode two, the Complex Sneakers podcast. I'm Joe LaPuma, and I'm with my guys, Matt Welty and Brendan Dunn.
3: Happy to be here. Yeah, it's going to be an amazing time once again.
2: Okay. All right. We got some pretty good feedback. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. They did say that um, two of us were breathing heavy into the mic and that we need to jog with Dunn because he's done a marathon. So maybe, oh. although you're in the gym every morning and I'm in the gym every night. So that's Brennan, false.
1: Brendan is also a ping pong certified or credited, right? Um I did talk about this on another podcast. I did take ping nice. pong 2 in college. I skipped ping pong 1, straight to ping pong 2. The professor was not happy about that.
3: But I, I don't I don't get like there's a ping pong class in college. I never knew that there was things like that.
1: Yeah, there's a few of them, yeah. But basically he felt that my skills were not so great for me to have skipped ping-pong one but all my friends were in ping-pong too how
3: much how much like money was it per credit for the (laughs) i'm just trying
1: i'm just trying to rack this up like what college did you go to i never i never calculated it was just
3: thinking about how much you actually ended up like in the long grander
1: scheme of things ended up paying for a ping-pong class a drop in the bucket what about the fencing class i never uh, finished you you took a fencing class my own money uh i dropped out after seven weeks were you like, a lot of loans?
2: Seems like college was really, um, you really buckled down in college. But look at how far we've come. Second episode, you are a co-host on a hit podcast.
1: Oh, is this a hit? No, my
2: yeah. is no. That's what I'm saying. Can, when, when, at what point could you consider this? We a, got a long way to go, but we do appreciate the feedback. We appreciate everyone subscribing. We appreciate everyone commenting. I've gotten some really good feedback and
1: any bad feedback.
2: Um, people didn't like the name. They said we should have tried harder. Okay, but I mean, they got a point.
3: <laughs> Some, someone, the only comment someone said that they thought we were gatekeeping. I
2: said that you're more of a gatekeeper than I,
3: I which is true. <laughs> but I think I think nowadays too that gatekeeping gets tossed out as a buzzword when it's like when someone has an opinion that like may call someone else out to like kind of nullify the argument people are just like you're gatekeeping and it's like Mm. well if you're talking about sneakers where basically 98% of everything in sneakers is about something in the past you kind of have to talk about the past to a certain extent absolutely yeah so I don't understand why talking about history is
2: gatekeeping.
1: I think we'll we'll be a little bit more current with this episode, right?
2: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's more of a look forward than a look back Mm -hmm. in terms of last week's episode to this episode. So, we're going to unpack a discussion that we've talked about at ComplexCon in the live podcast. The topic comes up every few days in the news, but we are here on record to finally talk about Kanye West's road to... Being a billionaire as it relates to the Yeezy empire that he's building. We've seen a ton of stats come out. We've seen a lot of articles. We've seen interviews with him where he is parading around the success of Yeezy, which mm-hmm. everyone I feel like had a sense that it was getting this big. But once he mentioned numbers, once we read the Forbes article, it just seems that th- he set out. Right now, he's doing what he always set out to do in fashion and footwear more specifically.
1: Yeah, I will say that I don't know if everybody believed it. It, it, it was hard for me to not be a doubter when, when Kanye West was first talking about how big he could make this easy thing. The, the number quoted in the Forbes article was the brand is expected to top $1.5 billion in sales in 2019. Not all of that is sneakers. I think we have to make that important right. asterisk that... Probably much of that is apparel and, and other things, so uh, for comparison, Jordan Brand is going to do $3 billion in the same same period of time. I, I When when Kanye West used to say that he was going to make a billion-dollar company out of this, I couldn't see it. Right. You know, you think about the first Yeezy releases, how limited those were, how much brands want to fight to keep product like this limited, and, and how much they struggle to have a product be coveted mm-hmm. while at the same time being profitable on a large scale. Those things don't always match up. So I'm I'm surprised that it were here. If if the Forbes numbers, which provided by Kanye West himself, it's not a publicly traded company, so we don't Mm -hmm. know for sure, are to be believed.
3: Well, I think that's part of the big equation is that how much do you really believe everything that Kanye says? mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of like Trump tax returns or or whatever. Um, (laughs) The numbers really aren't out there.
2: Oh, okay. Um, Snuck it in.
3: Yeah. but um, No, because very early on, Adidas would never release the actual numbers that were on the sneaker releases. We knew it was very limited, but you have no clue about how limited the the situation would be. And the only time we would actually get some sort of factual information from Kanye about his sneaker sales were from these crazy... um, Twitter, You know explosions that he would have from time mm-hmm. to time
1: where he was talking about I sold out of X amount of 500s during Coachella Right, and he said pairs of uh, Yeezy 350s 400,000 pairs in four hours. He said that in April 2018 And like you said, I think 40,000 pairs during Coachella stuff like that I do
2: we do got to give some credit to Forbes for a fact check though, right? We, we do think they did their due diligence on the Figures that he was discussing in the article. I'm guessing
1: Matt Powell you know a, a famous Yeezy doubter really disputed it I don't know Wealthy, what do you think I, I'd i like to believe it I, it's not that I don't 100% believe it but I also do
3: believe that Kanye kind of likes to blow things out of proportion a little bit but we've also seen in a similar vein you know keeping it in the same family Kylie Jenner's become mm-hmm. a billionaire off of her cosmetics line mm-hmm. uh, essentially and If they can do that with cosmetics, which seems to have a similar hype around the Yeezys, um, I don't see
2: why it's impossible. It's definitely possible. And and to your point, you said something that, you, you didn't see that maybe a billionaire vision for his product, but we always saw this kind of meteoric movement around Kanye. You think back to like the first Yeezy collaboration, he's always been influential, but what we're seeing now is it's really translating to me, At the biggest scope it's ever translated in terms of what he's doing with the footwear with adidas like even the the nike
1: yeezy i remember 2009 first came out yeah
2: i just remember how crazy it was to get those and that's a story that everyone knows everyone was phoning a friend and things like that but now we're seeing consistent consistent i would say mass product that he's putting out and people are consuming and to me it's the harnessing of the influence that he has had for over a decade Mm -hmm. how much do we think that nike fucked up
1: uh, you know what? I, I do think Nike messed up, but I think it was just a different era. It, you know, this mm-hmm. this whole sneakerhead thing was, was a smaller a smaller scene back then, and there was no real precedent. So, you know, Nike should... I don't know if you can necessarily fault Nike for not having that vision, because it would have been a bold vision. And we should expect bold visions from a company like Nike that talks about being innovative all the time. Yeah. But at, at the same time, they, they weren't giving anybody that kind of range, you know, right. you know. He said basically, this could have never happened at Nike because Nike was never going to give him that freedom in 2009. Better
2: question. Would Adidas have given him the freedom back in 2009?
1: Maybe actually... I do I
3: do think so and I'm not saying it just because of my Adidas loyalty But Adidas right. has been the one brand that has that's fair partnered with artists all the way back to 1986 with run DMC But even in that time period they were giving Missy Elliott like whole capsule collections yeah. and kind of being very open about it Like the Yeezy stuff was very much like a behind-the-scenes like you get this one shoe You know, you're not getting royalties off it which Kanye said on his
2: do you inf- think they would have gave him? Sorry to think they would have gave him royalties from the jump 2009 I think giving a lot of allotment is different than royalties. Mm-hmm.
3: I, d- I don't know the facts behind it, but I would like to believe that all of those partnerships that Adidas was doing back in the era, that there was money being transferred in there. I can't see Missy Elliott designing a whole collection with Adidas and not getting mm. some sort of compensation for it. It just wouldn't make sense, you know?
1: You know what I think is so interesting about the trajectory of these shoes too, is like the first Nike Yeezys that came out in 2009, mm-hmm. that was a sneakerhead shoe. Yeah. You know, that kind of bubbled up into the mainstream because you saw reports on local news channels about people lining up for days for these sneakers. But it was still a sneakerhead thing, especially to buy it. Nowadays, it's just a mainstream shoe on the level of a Jordan. You know, it's it's, it's, it's really at that point in pop culture where it's not a secret anymore.
3: Well, I had a, actually had this, like, epiphany the other day, like, you know, walking to work and seeing a mom dropping off her kid to get on the school bus. Mm-hmm. And, you know... I mean, maybe she was a huge sneakerhead. I don't know. But she's just wearing a pair of the the 350 V2s, dropping her kid off to Mm -hmm. get the bus. And you're kind of like, hey, that looks kind of cool that she's wearing these sneakers. But then it's also kind of the sneakers have reached this point where you can just have like a little bit of know-how that like these are Mm -hmm. like a a cool shoe. And you can get it and you just have a cool pair of sneakers. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you're a sneaker connoisseur at this point.
2: And to both your points, we were watching the Sneaker of the Year panel down that is going to come out from complex con mm-hmm. and little Yachty was like this is like a, a adidas superstar at this point and clark kent was like there's no reason that the Yeezy 350 more specifically which i think all this conversations kind of tailor up to or lead up to 100%. the success of that silhouette which you just talked about yeah. You know, for the new generation, imagine that the Yeezy 350 is their new superstar or their new Air Force One.
1: Not a stretch at all. You
2: know, it's not a stretch at all. But I think for us, isn't that crazy to think about? We're so close to it. But that shoe being mass produced, I've told you guys this, that the people who are consuming it and when they did the mass, I think it was the the cream colorway. Mm -hmm. And it hit stores like Foot Locker and Champs and, and, you know, big box retailers like that. The amount of posts I saw on Long Island Facebook with families and their kids, and it's like Johnny got his Is that first a
1: dark place. Long Island. It could Facebook.
2: be. It could be. I, uh, you know, I had to unfollow a lot of people. It, it, it goes from zero to one hundred very quick. But um, yeah, Long Island Facebook. It was like Johnny got his first pair of mm-hmm. Yeezys, and let me tell you, they're not concerned if Johnny got the turtle doves or the pirate blacks. Mm-hmm. He just wants a pair of Yeezys. And I think that really shows how many legs the silhouette has, even if we think we're kind of over it because we see it so much. Mm-hmm. But, but that's one of the tougher things
3: to kind of notice with the Yeezy line right now is that even if we're kind of over the 350 V2, it seems like that's the only shoe that kind of still resonates on a on a mass level. You know, you do see the 700s and the 500s, but I've heard from people working at um, sneaker stores because the, the shoes started to sit a little bit on the shelf, some of the 700s and, mm-hmm. and whatnot, and kids would come in to or European tourists or whatever would come in and we're just looking for Yeezys and they'd go yeah we have them right here and they would point to the 500 or the 700 and they go
1: they weren't interested in that model.
3: no in their head the the only shoe that is the Yeezy is the
1: 350 v2 it's funny it, but mm. on, on some level this is diluting I think the business of the boutiques who really ate off a lot of this limited product, whether you're talking about Yeezys or mm-hmm. otherwise, you know, we have a, a mutual friend. I think we all know him, a guy in the industry who I won't name here. But when he saw that Dick Sporting Goods was releasing the white Yeezys in September 2019, he sent me a message telling me basically this is the stupidest thing they ever could have done. He had a biased opinion on it because he's talking about a product that he needs for his business to be limited. But Reselling,
2: consignment or a boutique? A boutique. Okay. Because I would say that resellers, I think, are still buying them in bulk, even if during the holiday season, Totally different. they're, they're going to make $30 a pair. But speaking of that, too, we also, for this Black Friday, there's not a lot of big
3: sneaker releases, but Adidas is, are they re-releasing that, the black 350 V2? Yeah, that's what it
1: looks like.
2: Can, can you guys imagine how many... Christmas trees these sneakers are going to be under this
1: they're
2: going to sell sell so many even if we're not excited about
3: it they are going to sell so many pairs of these we don't know what the numbers are on them I'm assuming that hundreds
1: of thousands I think is a safe bet
2: everyone is gonna every kid is gonna have that
1: and this is so different like the one hard number I ever got out of an Adidas exec on distribution for Yeezys was when the 350s first came out the Turtle Doves Eric yeah. Lidke, who's uh, going to be leaving the company at the end of this year but he told me basically that they made around 22,000 pairs of those. We we all know that that number is 10x for, for any given Adidas Yeezy 350 at this point.
3: Well there was the like you said the cream I think they had the what the the pre-order on on that where like it, it was just the regular adidas.com email and it was mm-hmm. go, leading up to the drop and it felt like you're used to these shoes selling out within like you're not even able to load the website and you can't get the shoes and all of a sudden you're just sitting there on the web page for hours and hours and you could still get the shoes and you're like damn you really made that many that the bots aren't even killing the website
1: so obviously this is good for the brand on the level of revenue and it, it's making kanye west a billionaire if that's something you care about but is this diluting the value of their product that it's not something as special anymore or are we just so jaded this is i think not it depends problem?
2: i think it depends how you look at it me personally i in this current mindset that i am in i want this sneaker culture to grow as mass as possible Mm -hmm. i get the argument that it is diluting the product and it's not as special but i also really at the core level and it, it may sound cliche i do think as big as this gets and when i say this i mean the sneaker industry and as mass as it gets it only helps the people who are playing within mm-hmm. the sneaker culture, which I think is good for us. Are, are we all personally still interested in getting Yeezys though for wearing? That that model specifically
3: no, or in general? in general? Just in general. Just in general. Yeah, sure. there
1: are some models that I still like. I wouldn't Same. wear the 350 because I do think it's so mass market that there's it's just like not a leisure, lot It's like an athleisure like sort of like mall walker shoe yeah, at this point. I, mean, I
2: think I you know I when the Zebras re-released after and that was still when there was a lot of colorways still mm-hmm. coming out, I went back and bought them. So I wouldn't swear them off totally. The Wave
1: Runner is still a great shoe. Yeah. Yeah, that colorway I think is really great. The first colorway of the Wave Runner. Remember when those released at Easy Supply and they were immediately worth so much money and then yeah. you know the the resale prices just slid like Does that do anything? to, again, to the value of the brand where some of the product isn't as coveted in terms of like, I don't know, I, f- I just feel like so much of I what don't know, we talk about with shoes is like how much they're worth.
2: Yeah, and, and I think to that point, diluting the brand, he's essentially making a sliver of cool mass. Mm. That's what he's doing. Mm. So it's not, re- it may be diluting the brand to this small percentage of people that play the in 1%. it. The 1%. The 1% that play in it every single day like we do but he's also selling cool to a mass audience.
3: He, and
1: that's what he wants to do.
2: But, and that, yes. But you know, when he first said that, you know,
3: he wants everyone to wear Yeezys, and this was like, when 2015?
1: The Ryan Seacrest interview. Yeah. Right? He <laughs> said, everybody who wants Yeezys will eventually be able to get them.
3: Yeah, like 2014, 2015, when all of this really started to kind of come uh, you know, around. A lot of people never thought that that would be a reality at, at the moment. I didn't. And I remember that there was rumors at the time going around that the, flagship Soho store that like they they would cl- I think they closed the upstairs and people were like because he was talking about um you know wanting to open Yeezy specific stores. A brick and mortar. Yeah and people were kind of uh, guessing if the upstairs to the the Adidas store would become a Yeezy store at, at one point.
1: I had multiple people at Adidas at the time tell me that one of the spaces they had in Soho was going to become an Adidas Yeezy brick and mortar store but it never came to fruition for whatever reason I don't know.
3: But we also were kind of wondering too like what does that actually look like because if he's releasing these shoes that sell out within two seconds you can't have a store that only has product once a month right you know like you need to like the what's the jordan store the foot action flight 23 yeah like there even though certain jordan sell out they're able to stock that store on a on a constant basis and as big as yeezy is to this extent i still don't see yeezy as a brand where you can walk in and there are yeezy t-shirts yeezy slides yeezy track pants yeezy hats
1: but i think that's 20 yeah
2: but i think that's what he wants and i think that would work I really think that would he work. He wants to I think, redesign the whole yeah, entire like, world. I think the Sunday attire of shorts and sandals um, at kind of a mass produce and not maybe like the Calabasas level of retail could really work.
1: But we I could. do think they, they have to be careful because Jordan Brand had this problem, you know, on an earnings call in November 2017, they were talking about how they had to balance exclusivity with availability. And basically they said, we're putting too many shoes on the market because they know that the ultimate currency in this thing is cool. Mm hmm. I don't. I don't want to keep returning to this limited thing because right. I don't. I don't want to argue that every shoe needs to be limited, but some shoes do.
2: And do you think it would be different? You know, we both worked retail back in the day. Mm-hmm. Remember, the biggest thing was if you want to get the hot Jordans on the shelf as a retailer, you have to take the apparel that really didn't move as much as obviously the the rabidness of the retros. Do you? Do we think that Kanye could sell kind of those sportswear basic? in stores and it could be another kind of box check that he figured that out as well um
3: i think to a certain extent i don't think that that's the issue i think more the issue would be because jordan brand isn't just jordan ones and jordan fours like a significant amount of jordan's business is still these kind of nondescript Team Jordan shoes that they're selling by the bulk is as much as you think in the sneaker industry, Jordan brand is only selling retro shoes. They are making a ton of ton of money off of these mashup hybrid shoes that you can sell for $69.99 on sale. And do you think that Kanye is willing to to go that route where he's making Yeezys that are no longer like kind of the flagship shoes?
1: That's that's very much a difficult mm-hmm. question for him because I think he cares so much about brand and brand integrity. I don't know if he can get in the space like Nike, you know, I think they used to call this a Nike core performance where they have all these very cheap models from sixty dollars to one hundred dollars. I don't know what the actual mm-hmm. range is internally, but. Those units just move like crazy, way more than the $200 running shoes I care about or the $140 yep. retros you care about. You know, you look at the year-end list of what shoes actually sold the most, and there are these very price point models. Nike Tangent. Air stuff Monarch, like, stuff, that. stuff yeah, like that. famous footwear. So yeah. can Kanye West get into that space? I don't know because I think he cares too much about brand to put out cheap product. You know, it's, it's, it's almost like Kanye West wants to be like Apple, you know. Apple and Nike have some ties in terms of uh, their boards, and and I remember, I can't remember which exec Apple told, uh, I think Mark Parker was like, you guys make a lot of good stuff, but you guys make a lot of crap. Mm -hmm. You know, Apple doesn't make price point type products in the same way that Nike does. And I think Kanye West probably wants to be more like Apple than he does Nike.
3: Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I, I would agree. But, I mean, it's also interesting too, and I guess it's one of the kind of things you have to talk about, whereas Kanye's become more and more of a lightning rod. In, in culture now, is as he looks to grow, and to some people, he may be more divisive of a personality than the he kids
2: d- don't care.
1: You don't think so at about all about the political views? Is that where no, we're going?
2: I don't think, I mean,
1: is that where we're going? I,
2: I mean, whatever, we could go there for a little, but I, I would, I think that the kids don't care, and I, I think that, yeah, that's really, I do you guys think the kids care? I think it they separate the product from the political views 100%. I think a kid in middle school or even high school, I don't think that where the divisiveness that we see every day on social media and you know he's been outspoken for you know i would say a year now and it doesn't seem to affect the business it it affects how people view him especially i think in our industry it's fair to say but i do not think that that's translating from the kids in the hallways of the school who just want that pair of yeezys
1: yeah, I don't really think it has. I mean, I think you see these conversations happen on Twitter a lot. Let's just be explicit. We're talking about yep. Kanye West's alignment or support of President Donald Trump. I'm not convinced that any of those moments have really hurt his sales. I think it's hurt his public image in, in a larger way, but has it directly translated to sneaker sales? I don't think so. I'm not convinced. Me either.
2: I, I don't think it's debatable. Honestly. I just don't
1: think people care that much, unfortunately, to, to really boycott products.
0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: And do you think parents, when kids are saying, I really want the Yeezys, I want the Yeezys, are saying, we're not getting you these because of... His political views—that's a question that I didn't really think about I until mean, now. Maybe like parents who live in Brooklyn or whatever. Oh but, my god! Oh boy.
3: But just no. Just being honest, I don't think that the average, the average kind of person in this country is like taking things that deep and literally where it's like, you know, you like you're saying you see on Twitter all the time people are like, "I'm not supporting this company. I'm not doing this." The president for the company, you know, voted for so and so, and it's kind of like. They say that, but then a lot of people, even when they say those things, they want to feel good about it and put it out there online, but how many people really follow through with those sort of actions? I'd say the percentage of them is like a lot slimmer than than yeah. than yeah, reality.
1: The views expressed by Matt Wealthy yeah, do not necessarily political. reflect those of complex <laughs> networks. Hey, hey. I, I, I think a good uh, jumping off point Speak from the truth, whole King. Donald Trump talk is this idea that Kanye West wants to make yeezys in america he wants to he wants to bring footwear production back to america
3: makes yeezys great again
1: oh again oh. the the views expressed by matthew we <laughs> oh, can't Welty. make you can't
3: make jokes what? and
1: puns and all do this
3: stuff. do not so, necessarily do so
0: no,
1: reflect those of seltzer water and complex networks or its <laughs> employees
2: staying on topic uh yeezys being produced in america He he mentioned that how feasible is that um, I think the interesting part about that was is that
3: he had said that as part of that, um part of that Zane Lowe interview, that's where all this mm-hmm. uh, came from, the second one. And this is in the lead up to Jesus is King, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had uh, spoken about how he wants to implement the program of the manufacturing in the States, but interesting enough, his wife. Kim Kardashian West has been heavily involved in, you know, the criminal justice reform system. Kanye said he kind of wants to lead this sort of program where people are getting out of prison and he can kind of hire them and have them work in the factories. Have it kind of be this whole sort of process to, Mm -hmm. to help manufacture
1: feasible or no. I mean, the one interesting thing is, I think the whole opportunity of that took a hit because. A month or two after Kanye West is here saying that, you know, they want to make Yeezys in the US, Adidas announces or it pops up in the news that it's closing the speed factories. These are these manufacturing centers they had. I think one is in Atlanta, maybe Detroit where they can actually make product in the US like never before. You know, they had robots in there making stuff and now they don't have that. So I feel like it's it's a lot less likely now at least.
2: I just would say no matter how you feel about him. His vision, his will to will anything he wants to do. This is true. Happen. And now, not that it's everything, but it's a lot. He has a lot of money. He has a lot of money to get his ideas out where a couple of years ago he you know he
1: went from fifty six million dollars in yeah, debt to, to exactly. a billionaire, reportedly. So a combination of those
2: things together, it's a perfect storm where it would be tough to bet against anything that he wants to see through as it relates to his product and getting other current dreams of his out
3: mm-hmm. yeah and uh totally cannot name any names on this but heard through a grapevine okay. this these are just hypothetical sneaker people okay that kanye west had the idea that he wanted to, to go into the factories and he was actually reaching out. to people who have worked in the footwear industry for mm-hmm. a long time, actually calling people and trying to figure out like the nuts and bolts of like, mm-hmm. how does this work? And like, when I heard this, like, you know, a couple years ago, mm-hmm. I'm like, man, that sounds that sounds crazy. And now it's like, it's slowly, slowly right, inching. Will, I will
1: name one name, you know, I don't know a lot about the situation, but Kyle Riggle, a guy who works with Ubik to, to make some shoes here in the U.S you know we we talked about what he's what he's trying to do with that 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 conversation I met him at ComplexCon was not at all connected to Yeezy but then 2 weeks later I saw him posting on Instagram with a geotag of cody wyoming which is where kanye west is building this and
2: which at this point you go there for for one reason
3: yeah if you're
1: in cody wyoming you're working on some sort of yeah and i
2: mean i think we all saw
3: you know um he had brought stephen smith out from out from the dark and people don't know stephen smith kind of like a legendary uh footwear designer Mm -hmm. designed new balance 576 insta pump fury air max 2009 a bunch of like the reebok dmx like all this all this stuff and he's working with kanye on mm-hmm. some of the models um he was kind of always behind the scenes and kanye finally brought him out and was like hey this is the guy i designed shoes with yeah and stephen was also posting on his instagram a lot lately traveling to wyoming so yeah. you only have to imagine that this is actually what's going on but also just to kind of put on top of that i think it's interesting to see like how hard it is to do this because i've like gone to like new balance and seen their made in usa mm-hmm. manufacturing process and it takes people like years and years of like working on the line to learn how to make shoes it's not just like hey come here and like package peanuts and like we have a working force that can do this very limited mm-hmm. type of manufacturing
2: i don't yes. know and and i think that what we're getting at is you know we kind of went from the success that he's seeing, then we went to a model, then we went to production, and it seems that everything is pointing to him getting a maybe not getting a larger role in Adidas, but this guy is not just a designer for hire that is making his own product under a legacy brand like Adidas. And I brought up, where does it go from here in terms of what he works on outside of his line? Can you imagine if Kanye starts to figure out adidas basketball when i say figure out adidas basketball they have a highly talented crop of players on their roster Mm -hmm. dame lillard james harden and it still seems that the level of heat to those players footwear night in night out is still not there but can a kanye collaboration with those players who are leaders in the nba take it to another level and i think that we kind of went back and forth on if this could happen from a functional standpoint mm. over just aesthetic
3: yeah i mean we saw that yeezy basketball shoe the quantum
1: i supposed to come out next year that he's
3: been teasing for forever you right. know i think he was wearing it uh kim was wearing it courtney they were all wearing the shoe getting kinda. buckets in it yeah but you haven't seen there was rumors going around that maybe the nba wasn't letting it into the league because it was too reflective for for the restrictions. We don't know how true or not true, like that was the actual reasoning behind it. But we're just kind of seeing why hasn't the shoe come out yet?
1: Yeah, and I, I will say I just don't know if it can work on a functional level of Kanye West having that much oversight over a category like that because, you know, I do think he's more than a collaborator. Definitely. But he would have to be... A creative director and he said at one point he wants to be the creative director at Adidas that they'll let him I don't think that they'll let him do that and you know if you really pay attention to this stuff there's a lot of interesting details in terms of how his business actually functions within Adidas because Adidas is headquartered in Germany North American headquarters are in Portland Oregon but Kanye West is out in Calabasas with his own team doing his own stuff and I suspect or maybe he's in Cody now I suspect there's some friction there you know he doesn't really operate Totally like a, a footwear company does he's kind of running it more like a label you mentioned Stephen Smith He has a guy like Stephen Smith who's who, you know He brings him on and he has a guy for like Christian Tresher, you know He's mm-hmm. pulling talent from all different places and it, it doesn't seem as structured and I say all that to say I don't know that he can totally fit in that structure of making a functional basketball shoe with the people who work for Adidas basketball as a category
3: in Yeezy as you said is it's a kind of quasi Adidas a company Like those guys really aren't Adidas employees, but they, kind
1: of are do you think they're checks. Who the, the
3: people on the roster? The, the the whole the whole like Calabasas like okay. operation. Yeah
2: like. he's always pulled from different areas of talent for but and it, and kind of had this like Avengers type of design team. But it's weather. weird right. though
3: because like a Yeezy kind of functions as its own brand outside of of Adidas. Like Yeezy is its own company. It's not that Yeezy is a branch of Adidas. So. I just
2: think if you're a rookie and you're in between Nike and Adidas a rookie who's going to the NBA I think it behooves them to, do you want your shoe designed by Kanye West? I think from a business standpoint.
3: Yeah, I think so. And I mean, coming up on sneaker shopping, you have a discussion about this as as well. Monday's episode. Yeah. With a, Oh, don't can't, can't leak it, but, um, Yeah, but there's a discussion about it, which kind of shines a little more light into into the conversation. And
2: then like the other curveball, no pun intended, that I threw out is imagine Kanye designing Aaron Judge's baseball cleats.
1: I don't know who that is. You don't know who Aaron Judge is? He's a baseball player. New York Yankees, number 44. Okay.
3: Can you imagine that though? Uh, I mean, baseball's a little dead, but- So that's a Paul Murphy. Very dead. Um, He's number 99, he's not number 44. Okay,
2: well- a
1: lot of uh, a lot of followers, I'm not of, the only one a lot who of followers of uh, the
2: MLB here in the podcast. Oh my god! But I'm just saying, he has such a proven track record lately. I think he's always been fighting for kind of to to roam free within these organizations, and and that's where like Nike may have fell short, and yeah. then Adidas opened it up more to him. I just think at this point, the brands that he's working with, specifically the home team Adidas it behooves them to get him involved in as many conversations as possible.
3: Well, I think the biggest example of that kind of was the the Calabasas power phase where mm-hmm. that really wasn't even a, a real... I love that shoe. It, but it wasn't even a real Yeezy sneaker, you know? Right. They, they took a old 80s Adidas shoe, put Calabasas on the side, made it in a little more premium material.
1: Did that work for you? Because that's like, to me, you're not the type of guy who would ever wear a new Yeezy product, but that is like... Matt Wealthy Adidas easy well,
3: shoe. I, funny you say that because I had a lot of conversations with myself in my head about it. Yeah. I think the reason why I kind of ended up deciding not to go for it was yeah. is number one, it was hard to get. Like yeah. it wasn't easy to go. That first pair. Yeah. But also in this, this might lead to kind of, you know, a bigger conversation about sneaker hype, which you don't need to get into. But everyone I saw wearing that shoe were mm-hmm. the sort of people who would have, not even been into that sort of sneaker. So I kind of didn't even want to be aligned with it anyways. It had nothing to do with Kanye West. It yeah. just seemed it was like a bunch of like hype beasts wearing that shoe. And it was the, the one of the first parts where a lot of mainstream people, more mainstream people than sneakerheads, got into the Yeezy line. It kind of seemed you like. Off. Yeah.
1: Well, see, can, I want to ask actually both of you guys, because I feel like. Uh, we will be remiss not to mention some of our personal history with Yeezy. You know, I, I know people want to hear us tell these stories. I don't want to reminisce too much, but yeah. like Welty, have you ever owned a Yeezy or do you I assume you've resold some over the years? Like did you aspire to get the Nike Air Yeezys when they first came out in two thousand
3: nine? Nike Air Yeezy one, I just didn't go for it. I remember it like being a thing, but I was kinda like, eh, just really? Like,
1: how yep. could you not care about that shoe at the time?
3: At that time, I was just super into like running sneakers, and like I wasn't gonna go for a high top basketball shoe. Joe,
2: yeah, I mean, I did everything I could to get that shoe, and you had the stutter
3: shades and the leather jackets and the ripped jeans. <sighs> I only
2: had the stutter shades at the glowing. What was it? Glowing the dark tour. Yeah, mm-hmm. at Madison Square Garden. Warm from that night.
1: Do you remember the first time you saw them in person? It,
2: I just, I just remember everything about them. I remember that. Complex did a full story on all three colorways. We had Mm -hmm. them in the office. Like, people came in the office in a duffel bag and, like, had them. And Bradley Carbone, the first lifestyle sneaker editor at Complex, we did this big blowout feature. And then I just remember they – luckily, it was, like, eight people who worked on this feature. And Nike sent, like, eight pairs to the office of the Yeezy one.
1: Like, early. And I was – I remember, like... um What was your what was your role at the time? Because you weren't high up at that point, so you weren't...
2: I, I may have been, like, online editor at the time. So you weren't the guy who no. was just going to get the no, free but sneakers I, for sure. No, but I got a pair. I got a pair. And then uh, the black and pink ones, which I love, Marcus Troy hooked it up. Shout out to Marcus Troy. He got them in Canada. Remember there was, like, a rumor that he was running Kanye's blog? <laughs> remember that? <laughs> the, Anyone the, remember? The university? Yeah. that And he got me the black and pink easy ones. And... Remember the Kerry Hilson video where he's... Yeah. I just all... I remember all those moments so vividly. It was like something that never really saw in sneaker culture. Yeah. And I still have them. Yeah. And, you know, to be honest, I have most of the Adidas Yeezys. All right. Like a lot. And and I was going through my closet and it just... To see all the, the models of Yeezy that I have, there's a lot of brown boxes in, mm-hmm. in, my, uh, in my closet.
1: I, I knew for sure I was nowhere close. I spent a lot of time refreshing the Nike talk thread uh, as a, I guess I was a freshman in college at the time, but just trying to figure out, you know, where I could possibly get a pair. But, uh, you know, I I had this sense of despair that uh, was was over me the whole time. But I do remember going to see The Roots live at the Wow Hall in Eugene, Oregon. And Questlove, of course, is like a huge sneaker guy. So, of course, he had a pair. And I remember when they came out, the lights were down. But the only thing you could see on stage was the glowing soul of Questloves, Yeezys. <sighs> it was and I was just screaming, not not necessarily for the band, but because of the Yeezys and just seeing them right there in person. I
2: was at a party downtown. It was a complex party because he was on the cover. He was on the cover. Regularly. Yeah, and when we did that fe- yeah, when we did that feature, he was on the cover and it was a complex party, and there was a DJ, I forget what song they were playing, and I had I was lucky to have the first colorway early and i took the shoe off and held it up in the air in front of like the crowd which is it's the run dmc
1: uh, moment it's the run dmc moment (laughs) my run dmc
2: and i think like the dj shouted me out and it's hard to admit that now but i was like uh, i was like a young kid who Mm -hmm. had this job and was always into sneakers and now like the sneaker of like, what, that, I mean, what would yeah. you call it? The sneaker, of the decade, like getting it early. I was like, this is, I really made it. The, re, and look at what the career path has taken. Now I'm sitting at a table <laughs> with you two. So but the one,
3: the one that you, that one, Couldn't that you didn't ask that, for anything more. <laughs> exactly. The one that did get away from you though, Joe, was the red Octobers. I remember don't working, have the Red Octobers. working here, you know, we were obviously working yep. together at the time when that, yep. when that shoe dropped, that was a light. This was
1: 2014. Okay.
3: That Sunday morning and Joe yep. was like, we were on like a group chat with yep. uh, with Gerald, the uh, editor in chief of Soul Collector, yep. and Joe's like, "I was at brunch and I wanted yep. the shoes and like I just ignored
2: my friends and yep. tried to go get them. And the one time I wasn't glued to my phone, and Jesus. I still don't own them. It's yeah. the one Yeezy
3: I you don't need
1: those. You probably the red never October's with no. amount of money
2: you're going to pay
3: for that shoe too. It's no. like you're never going to own it's, it. You it's know, you know what? Of, I never owned
1: any of the Nike Yeezys, but to me the the Yeezy one has aged so much better than the Yeezy two. The Yeezy two just felt." so uh, tied to a specific time.
3: Givenchy, like Rottweiler T-shirts.
1: Exactly, exactly.
3: Um, Yeah, the only pair that I ended up getting was, I guess I've had several of the Adidas Yeezys passed my way but i remember mm-hmm. the first one that i got that felt like a big deal i think it was like the end of the year and adidas used to send these kind of like nice bundles of like leftovers leftovers but only good stuff it wasn't right? it wasn't like just random shoes there was like here's the best stuff left here's a thank you for the end of the year and you were getting like y3 jackets and like yeah. stuff like that yeah. you really wanted to keep on and they sent a pair of the moon rock 350s mm-hmm. and like at the time the moon rock 350 that shoe was worth
1: Decent amount. He immediately yeah. thought about how much it was worth, not yeah, that he, he wanted sold to sell them it. all. Well, I did. No, well, I, I haven't sold any. I sold any. it. I so sold send it. Send them for Christmas. I can
3: admit it. I sold it, and I paid for a flight to go to Manchester, England, oh. for my thirtieth birthday, and I'll oh, remember right. that.
1: Thirty for thirty, coming on that trip. Look so. at that.
2: I can admit it. Those are the good stories of reselling. You don't hear often.
1: I definitely resold some turtle doves. I have one more story, and it's a quick one. Is that when they first launched the turtle doves on the confirmed app? I was obviously smashing the button, and the app was really broken back then. You know, it' quite frustrating to use, and I was just—I had no idea whether or not I was going to get through. You know, it all happened in a matter of minutes, and I had nothing. And then I think later that day, I was messaging a reseller, and he was like, "Yeah, it just randomly popped up in my app that I had them." So I went back, and I—I I had them ready to go in the app. Like it was—it was some type of glitch where it didn't let me get them at first, but then, yeah. So I had a—I had a pair of turtle dogs. I think I had two pairs of some I got point. them,
2: and I got my niece, my niece a pair. Must be nice. Yeah. Must be nice. <laughs> oh, wow. Must be nice. Listen, we talked a lot about the trajectory of Kanye's Adidas and started with Nike. And I think that we unpacked it. I think this is a topic, though, that we could talk about for hours. But I, I feel like Just we're Just
1: like Wealthy's trip to Manchester.
2: Exactly. That's for another... Maybe that's for... Uh, episode 200
1: not oh two.
2: Uh-oh. It, Uh-oh. Wait, and no, no 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 this
0: 10? is this is
3: about you uh just <laughs> just oh, so um no even recently though talking kanye sneaker
2: history you pulled out those uh reebok s dot carter yes. from your parents basement yes. another story ian hoffler he got them from i think it, it could have been sporty la or something like that and they were fifty dollars and <laughs> now i think they're three thousand not the best looking shoe no. but the fact that it's a kanye west sample in his size on the s dot with the college dropout Big there. Moment. And PJ Tucker, on the second re-up of sneaker shopping, bought two pairs of those samples. And it was
3: cool to see him actually pick those up, too, because yeah. it was one of those shoes you're not going to expect to see on Flight Club. And when he picked them up, you're like,
2: oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. One more cough to get out before we wrap up. From Can Brendan we talk Dunn.
1: about what we're thankful for? I mean, this is a Thanksgiving special episode, right? It is. It's gonna It's going to run the day after
2: Thanksgiving. I mean, come on. Listen, I'm thankful for... The sneaker products that we are creating here at Complex, I think we are super thankful of the audience that we are building with sneaker shopping, full size run, and this podcast. If you would have told me back in 1999 when I was an employee at Finish Line making minimum wage, we reach. heard the
1: origin story, okay. man. How many times well, do you bring this origin well, story out?
2: I need uh, listen. This is the genesis I, for uh, genesis no, of the, need the next time the
1: base short. I need, no. Falls. I
2: need the footwear news cover to talk the whole story, but. Okay. If you would have told me back then, a young 16-year-old employee at the finish line would be still working in this industry and making products for an audience that we are so thankful for, couldn't uh, couldn't have dreamt it up. Wealthy,
3: I mean, damn! Like you're, they're like a real celebrity now, Joe. If if Complex oh. Magazine physical form was still around and they're doing a cover story on Joe Lapuma, who's on the flip side of it? <laughs> oh my goodness! Who, who are you sharing? Who are you sharing the flip with? Kourtney Kardashian. Oh, hey. Uh, Moving on. Uh, No, definitely thankful for this. And uh, shout out to all the viewers and listeners out there. I think one of the coolest things about getting to do this is getting to interact with the people who genuinely appreciate you interacting with them, not the weirdos who spam your comments. Definitely. Definitely. And, you know, it's like, it's weird because you end up doing a positive thing in your life. And then you talk to the people who see you doing that. And then you kind of are able to pass it on to them. And then they.
1: Is this about your keto diet?
3: No. No. I don't know. A trickle down. No, but just, just, just doing good things in life and then, yeah. you know, and then talking to other people and they're telling you, hey, like I want to go be more motivated to do more stuff in my Definitely. life as well. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of awesome to be in a position to kind of affect people like
2: that. Absolutely. And Don, you got the last word.
1: Yeah, I'm thankful for all the friends I have in this industry. I'm thankful for, mm-hmm. you know, our ability to go around the world and connect with people mm-hmm. in the footwear scene that we genuinely care about, you know, beyond the PR people who come and go, but, you know, the people who send you a package and they don't expect that Anything in return, you know, all, all those people who are genuinely friends. And we give away a lot of shoes too. We get a lot of yes. shoes, but we give away a lot of shoes. I
2: went to the high school last week.
1: It always comes back to Bayshore. Now, is there going to be a I'm statue
2: of you in Bayshore <sighs> I don't, one day? I need a agent to to figure that is out. Is there a Bayshore Hall of Fame? There is. And I'm not in it, but that's another topic for another day. All right. So let's wrap it up. Episode two, the complex sneakers podcast. We can't thank you guys enough. You will probably be listening to this early in the morning, the day after Thanksgiving. So we hope that you guys had a great Thanksgiving and we will see you guys next week. Subscribe, comment, and upvote us. And don't fight over any sneakers on Black Friday, please.
1: Yeah, we need your rate and review.
2: Thank you. See you soon. Our podcast producer is Shiva Bayet. Sound, engineering, and mixing done by Kyle Garvey. Special thanks to Gerald Flores, Dave Matthews, and Alejandro de Jesus. The Complex Sneakers podcast is a production of the Complex Podcast Network. Planning for your next trip?